Well, I didn't really know what the solution was going to be when I jumped into this world, and I think naivete was to my advantage. If I had known how hard this was going to be, I don't know if I would have had the guts to jump. Hey, it's Nick Armstrong, and you are listening to the Founded in FOCO podcast. And every episode, we get to talk with an innovative mover and shaker in our community doing cool and innovative things. So today we've got Jen from Tilt, and I am so excited. Jen, tell us about your business. Hi, Nick. Happy to be here. Yep. Happy to talk about Tilt, too. I could talk about it all day. We are a leave of absence management platform. We're a B2B tech software. Um, it sits in the HR tech space. And we support just over 200 companies today. I, thankfully, I lose track of that number uh, every week. So we're around 200. How did you how did you get started in this space? Yeah, origin story, not that unique to some of the other founders you've talked to in that it was completely born out of personal experience. My background is corporate America. So I spent 15 years in operational roles, always in Fortune 500 companies, and I loved it. Everything about it. Self-described career woman through and through. And in tandem in those early formative years of my professional career, my husband and I also uh, fought for seven years through in vitro fertilization to try to get pregnant. So all of that lack of control and frustration, I doubled down on my career, which was one thing I could control in that state of my life. And I got very accustomed to promoting every two years, the nine box, the stretch assignments, invitations to the proverbial table, so to speak. And then we got lucky and we had a cycle that took and I became pregnant. And when I announced that I was expecting overnight, I stopped getting all the invitations and the stretch assignments and the invitations to the table. So that was pretty devastating for me. It was my first lived experience that something was wrong. But after that journey, I was just elated to be expecting. So I turned the other cheek. And then five years later, different company, different stage of my career. When I announced I was expecting with my second, I actually had a promotion rescinded. So that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I did pursue legal action, but I wasn't willing to sign a release stating that I would never talk about what happened to me again. So I walked away from that course of action. I walked away from a career that I'd spent almost two decades building and a comfortable paycheck and everything else. And I jumped into this world of entrepreneurship, really just being fueled by, uh, I was really pissed off, <laughs> but to yeah. put it simply. Well, and women in, in, in business always have had this the, the the family role on top of it the the project management that you do at home on top of the project management that you do at the workplace mm -hmm. and it's 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 refreshing to hear that you've actually done something about that to lean in and 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 take on that so what was the what was the first structural element that you felt you needed to put into place what was the first protection and how did you how did you go about pitching that to a, a larger entity or a larger company. You've got over 200 on your books now, but yeah. what was number one? What were what was that hard sell for them? Well, I didn't really know what the solution was gonna be when I jumped into this world. And I think naivete was to my advantage. If I had known how hard this was gonna be, I don't know if I would have had the guts to jump. But originally because of my lived experience, I was focusing pretty singularly on parental leave and specifically to your point, how it affects women in the workplace. And I did a tremendous amount of research abroad because my hypothesis was that because the United States is so painfully behind the rest of the industrialized world as it relates to paid leave, which disproportionately affects women typically, um, if someone was doing this better, it was probably elsewhere. Come to find out, even in some of the most progressive countries like the Netherlands or New Zealand, those that offer pretty um, uh, generous leave programs, the application or delivery of those leave programs was still missing a critical element, which we now know is operationalizing it, normalizing it, and ensuring that men are taking equal time to women to truly level the playing field. 
So when I came out of the box with uh, parental leave really being the first focus, I learned very quickly that I'll never forget a chief human resource officer saying to me, this is, I love it, this is great. Um, I can completely see the use case, but you can't leave my other leaves held together by duct tape and band-aids. You can't just fix parental. So we very early on um, expanded our support to all leaves of absence, um, military, now COVID-19, mental wellness, you name it, we support it. So is part of it lining up uh, like the temp workers or other things like that, or is it operationalizing the, the process so that they have a playbook for their, their temp workers or something like that that they bring on board? There are so many unique complexities to each individual leave, which is one of the other reasons that technology is, is a better solution than what a lot of people have experienced, which is manual spreadsheets and starting over every single time. Um, that the, the temporary workers is a sometimes phenomenon, not necessarily always, especially in a climate like today, we're seeing a lot of people just spread out the work as opposed to hire a backfill. Again, role dependent and company dependent. So we do focus most of our uh, technological development on the latter, which is creating the system and the processes and codifying what are the inputs that result in a specific leave plan for your specific leave need. And that has to do with what state you live in, has to do with what company you work for, what disability provider that company um, has partnered with, um, and what leave program they or policy they have created for their own unique um, organization. So it's a lot of if then really truly a perfect scenario for technology. What is one step that a, a smaller business or a mid-sized business could take right now that would uh, open up the doorway for parental leave or other uh, progressive forward HR uh, policies? I love that question and I'm grateful that you asked it. We interacted a lot with small and medium-sized businesses when the family leave here in Colorado was being proposed to be passed, which it was first state in the union to pass it by popular vote. We're very proud of that here in Colorado. And I remember talking to a lot of small business owners who had quite honestly the misconception that it was um, untenable to, to finance a paid leave in their own you know, sub 25, sub 10 employee um, workplace and really encouraging them to crunch the numbers of what would the loss of that talent look like. So I would ask business owners of any shape and size to just do the math and really see if it is that much of a financial strain. Um, luckily, again, here in Colorado, we've got family coming, so you'll have some support at the state level, but there's stuff that you can do immediately to take care of your, your employees through a leave. Yeah, and the Family Act is something that a lot of I know the larger institutional organizations are are feeling a little trepidation towards um, yeah. because they've already got some like policies in place that they feel cover that. Um, but the the elements that are covered under family are pretty astonishing that these things weren't thought about in some other way before, and that they they weren't ever codified into laws. Uh, is pretty astonishing. So to your point that the system is uh, is somewhat broken here, uh, and other places are doing it well. Is there is there somebody in Colorado, and it does, could be a client, could not be whatever we, we want to speak to, but um, is there somebody doing HR policy really really well here in Colorado, or even in just the U.S.? You know, I think we've seen bits and pieces of great HR policies, but what's more important to us when we're vetting whether or not we can support a prospect 
with TILT is the application of those policies. So the culture that surrounds them, much harder to quantify, much harder to draw a straight line to. But we had a couple experiences um, early on that were actually to the latter of your question, which is they were using our technology as a sword. They were trying to show a pattern or a track record of utilizing leave of absence as a reason to terminate employees. And we actually, as a young, scrappy one-year-old company, we actually ended up firing a couple companies as our clients because that is not why this company has come out of the earth. So I answered the question in a roundabout way to say, again, the policies are just the start. It's, it's the um, spirit of the policy. And we interact with HR professionals every single day that are trying to do right by their employees while looking at the black and white of the letter of the law of the policy and looking at the human and trying to figure out how to make the two intersect. Our COO is a labor and employment attorney and she's often quoted by saying we help companies balance empathy with economics. And I think that's a great summary of how we approach the work that we do. So as a founder, who do you draw inspiration from? It depends on the day and, and the fight that I'm fighting um, at the moment in time. I'm a very big student of um, Brad Feld because when I came out of corporate America, I had no idea what would translate and what wouldn't. So I needed to go hard to the to the books of what is a pro forma and how does that relate to a PL, which I could recite in my sleep. And Brad put a tremendous amount of content out there and still does to this day to just teach some of those um, basic entrepreneurship skills. So I will always have um, a bit of Brad Feld um, tutelage in my in my uh, toolbox, so to speak. Right now, we're really looking at David Sachs. Um, he's had a lot of success in terms of organizational savvy and, and um, management of operationalizing how organizations scale. So that's been fun to study how David Sachs put some more um, work out into the world. And then every day I wake up, I get to see my kids and they are a big part of why I do this work. So they're my daily touchstone and inspiration um, for sure. Uh, so Brett Feld, you mentioned is, uh, is one of the founders of Techstars and mm -hmm. uh, also the you know Startup Week environment as well. You've been involved in Fort Collins Startup Week. Now that we're founded in Foco. Um, we hope to have you back again. Are there any particular talks that you remember or, or leaders that came to speak that you um, had in mind that were uh, a particular, you, you should go and watch this talk again, or you should go and find these people again? Yeah, early on, uh, our friends at Rocky's Venture Club did a session uh, at the new cinema. It's not new anymore. It was at the time on North College. Um, maybe the lyric that moved up by Jax. Anyway, I'll never forget walking into that session. And it was something along the lines of getting your first round of funding. And RVC really was the only oxygen I could found I could find as a founder in Fort Collins at the time that Tilt took on its first institutional round, and I will forever be grateful and the biggest fans of Rocky's Venture Club for not only the free education they put on. They did it previously at the Innisfere and in certain sessions as well, um, but that they did take a chance on us and the, and the angel investors that are a part of that fund were the as I said the first. Uh, money into Tilt, and we look forward to, to making that very worth their while someday um, with the growth that we've gone through. But it was a wonderful session. Again, it met me right where I was in terms of the stage of the company. And those um, presenters have now become not only backers of Tilt, but lifelong friends. So we'll be happy to know that the uh, the session, Where's the Fund, 
uh, is happening in tangent with the Larimer SBDC this year, uh, March 1st through 3rd at uh, Founded in Foco. And we've also added a nonprofit track with Denny from RVC uh, to, to talk about and Carol Bennis to talk about the nonprofit side for finding donors uh, and identifying the needs there. So not only just one track, but for small businesses, but also for uh, for nonprofits as well. All great humans. No doubt those will be wonderful sessions. <laughs> well, uh, Jen, where can we find out more about you and your business? Yeah, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, Jennifer Henderson. If not, our website is hellotilt.com. Thanks for joining me today. I so appreciate your insights. And if you're small to mid-sized business, you heard it straight from Jen. You should go check out the Family Act and uh, do the math on it because it's it's going to be important to your employees moving forward. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks so much for the conversation. For more great entrepreneurial advice, make sure to visit us at Founded in Foco, March 1st through 3rd at uh, uh, Front Range Community College and also online, foundedinfoco.com. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Nick Armstrong, and this is a Founded in Foco podcast. For more great interviews like this one, join us at foundedinfoco.com.